Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and inner standing. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday, Jen. Yeah. It's actually a really, really special Sunday. It's two days before, actually one day before the end of the world, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but the Great Conjunction is upon us. Yeah. It's also the winter solstice, which is coming up on the 21st, which happens on Monday, which is tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. So I'm glad that we took some time to sit together and do some doomsday planning. Yeah. Because we really need to know what to do once this happens. Right. Right. Yeah. So we have a really special episode. I'll get into the grand, great conjunction a little, a little later, but it's a special day. We're actually really, really grateful to have uh, this guest in. And uh, she is a tarot reader, astrologer, She's a mystic with over 10 years of experience, Jen. That's a long time. That's a long time. Long time yeah. to be doing what you do. Yeah. She started making content on YouTube in 2018, which I subscribe to, by the way. It's really good shit. And has <laughs> since garnered over half a million subscribers. I think it was in the 600s. Yeah. 600K. Yeah. Um, for her psychic readings and law of attraction videos. Everybody, please welcome the gem goddess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. We're excited to have you too. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time to come on to our show. You have such a powerful name, the gem goddess. It's yeah. like one of those names you just want to like put your arms up and be like, the gem goddess. <laughs> 100%. Try it, gem. It. Try, oh, it, try it once. The gem goddess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Making me feel special. Yeah. I just really like, I like Greek mythology and yeah. I'm a Gemini who likes gems. And so I was like, okay, wow. gem goddess. It kind of fits. It has a yeah, ring to it. Yeah, it totally does. That's yeah. so cute. It yeah. does fit because it's like gem and Gemini. Yeah. Like I the like twins. That. Yeah. I didn't know that you were Gemini. That's yeah. awesome. So it's a good thing that you're on the podcast then. Yes, exactly. Because right? you got that mercurial nature. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for coming. And uh, we have a lot of ground to cover. I have actually been a, a follower of your work for a really long time on YouTube. So not to be weird. If you're not, not to in be a weird, weird way, not in a weird <laughs> way. But if you're anything like like me, which at some point um, there's a lot of different sort of card readers that you find online. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're anything like me, you find yourself going onto a YouTube search engine finding, you know, in a channeled reading or message for the week. Sometimes they go by date, sometimes they go by monthly. But I specifically uh, on this day, a few years ago, I actually put in uh, an Oracle card, tarot card reading and her name came up. Wow. Her that is so cool. Up. I that love that cool. story. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, she does this really cool spread where she also integrates crystals and things like that. So it's mm -hmm. a really surreal experience to have you in today. Yeah. So thank you so much. So I wanted to first ask you, um, how did you get into this work? Because YouTube, uh, is a driving force in the spiritual community right now for influencers, but you have a lot of different followers. How did you originally get into the gem goddess work? So that was actually a really long journey for me. Um, first off, it started with my mom being like super into spirituality when I was younger. She actually, um, always had like books and tarot cards around. And I was always like, what are these? Like, I want to know a little bit more about this. And she'd always be studying it. And yeah, eventually we started taking classes together by a reader that my mom would always see like every year. We started taking tarot classes from her, astrology classes. And 
it was just basically like a massive passion that I had. And that eventually stemmed into, you know, I was doing YouTube for like makeup before. Mm-hmm. And I knew I just wanted to work from home. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't really think back in the day that you could make a living being spiritual. It just wasn't something that I thought went hand in hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually it kind of dawned on me like, okay, I love my spirituality. And I eventually gained the confidence to kind of come out about that. And I took my YouTube channel from what it was to doing something that I felt really passionate about. Like I do like makeup. I like artsy things, but at the end of the day, I wanted something that was a bit more authentic to me and a little bit more soulful in in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Cause art is soulful, but for me, it's just, yeah, that I wanted something that felt more like it reached my soul. Yeah. Something more intrinsic. I wanted to ask you because, um, especially YouTube right now, like what was it like making your very first video? Cause there's a lot of people that have some fear about being influencer, even though they want to do it, right? right? There's this momentum that they got to build in order to get to the point that you're at right now. But the whole question is, well, how do you start? How did it feel to make your first video? Oh, that was scary. When I made my first spiritual video, that was, I was so worried about like what other people would think of me. Cause I was mm-hmm. very like, I was a closet spiritualist, like yeah. super spiritual in the closet <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually I was just like, I just need to let go of my fear of what like other family members or friends or just other people in the world are going to think because yeah. it's something that, you know, for a while it's been really repressed or there's yeah. a lot of bad connotations that come with it. And so I was just like, okay, this is me though. I'm going to be authentically me. And if people don't like it, that's fine. There's going to be some people who resonate with it. And I just, it was the moment that I let go of the fear and I was just like, I'm just going to be me. Mm-hmm. That was the moment where pretty much everything changed. So I say for a lot of people, it's just letting go of the fear of, whatever is holding you back. And then also just stepping into that new version of you. A lot of people have a hard time stepping into a new version of themselves because they're so used to their Mm -hmm. same routines, their same job, makes them feel comfortable. And the ego gets scared when you go outside of your comfort zone, but making that new version of you and, you know, being able to just integrate that no matter how long it takes you, just being able to just do it, I think is like the biggest step. Yeah. That's really, really great advice. And I I think uh, as far as like the spiritual aspect of it, it would pretty much your entire channel and all of your videos probably reflect your journey. Also your Instagram does too. You're really eloquent writer, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. You have a lot of really great information on there. Um, The part that really resonated with me, especially on the YouTube is your, um, your video that you did on Kundalini Awakening and also manifestation. And I know that you're really big on manifestation, right? So how did that come to pass for you? How did that become a part of your teaching? Cause you talk a lot about manifesting. Yeah, so that was actually, it stemmed from my mom again and she got me into the first video or movie that I watched with her was The Secret. And I feel like that's everyone's kind of like doorway, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't oh, have, for sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, kind of like the, um, entryway for most people because it's soft enough that, you know, most people can understand it, but then it gets way deeper. And I Mm -hmm. love just experimenting with that when I was younger. And my mom always raised me to let me know that you can do anything, like just think about it, you can create it. And then um, we started getting into this material called the Seth material and that, yeah, so it's bad. I've never heard of that. I was like, hmm. Uh, Jane Roberts. She's basically like a channeler, really similar to Abraham Hicks. Okay. Yeah. But it kind of goes really deep into, um, the way that our reality really is. Basically Jane Roberts, it's pretty esoteric, but she channels this, like, I believe he's from the fifth dimension and this entity named Seth, which is actually just a higher version of herself. It's kind of like the law of one. Right, uh-huh. the yeah, law of yes. one channel yeah. material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, so super similar to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it was really fascinating stuff. And so for me, getting into manifestation was a 
a stem off of that, realizing that your reality is whatever you make it, your mm-hmm. mind, just consciousness, wherever you place your consciousness, that's what you're going to get reflected back to you. Mm-hmm. And so just experimenting with that, with different things that I wanted to create in my life and realizing some really big stuff came from just doing almost, almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And just practicing what, um, basically where I could take my mind and Mm -hmm. what I could believe myself to be. Yeah. And that would then get reflected back. Yeah. 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 I love that. And the thing I love about the, the law of manifestation is, is the real deep sort of underpinning behind all of it is just embodying like your truest, most authentic self, Mm -hmm. as far as that loving aspect that you have. Cause as long as you're operating from that love within, you will put yourself in, I guess, the right trajectory in order to get the things that you want. Right. Because there's a lot of confusion yeah. that I've noticed in the the law of attraction sort of secret community, which is like they use it as a way to try to just try and just manifest wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, try yeah. doing what, any series of things in order to put them on that path. But I feel like as long as you are fully integrated with, you know, your spirit and that sort of loving component inside of you, then you will radiate that sort of like that love to other people, which will also sort of, you'll draw attraction from the people that see that you'll mm-hmm. naturally draw on those people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also there's like that weird, um, cause people try to manifest like some big, you know, wealth or whatever the case yeah. may right. be, but then there's that dark side of manifestation because there's a reason why you don't have that yet. And so when you try to manifest it and you're not quite that energy or that person yet, you're going to get reflected back to you all those different lessons that you need to learn first right. before you get the wealth. But when you're right. asking for it, when you're trying to manifest it, you're going to attract to you every single experience that will, create you into the person that can then attain and hold that. But some people aren't ready to face those different things. And they're wondering, oh, why is all of a sudden this happening and this happening and this happening? It's like, well, the universe is rearranging itself to create you into that being Mm -hmm. that can have whatever amount of income that you want to have per year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you need to listen to it. You need to be ready for like the integration of all of that. Right. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. Because yeah. that 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 a lot of people disc they 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 want to discredit a lot of like the difficult sort of challenges that you have to experience in order to like you say be built into that person. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think that like when you wish for something that it's just going to show up. But it's like that there are laws in the universe that you kind of have to abide by, mm-hmm. which means that you have to put yourself like you say in this realm of like elevating yourself to even receive that. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. energetically. So exactly. that's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah, you can't have a rainbow without the rain. Yeah, so, exactly. And sometimes the, some of us, and I'm sure people that are watching your content are like, oh my gosh, it's just so easy for her. But there was years of work that went into the success that you have, right? Oh yeah. So, um, and this is something that we talked about before the podcast because you're a very beautiful girl. And we were curious because there, there is a certain type of stigma in the spiritual community that you're supposed to look a certain way and yeah. you don't look that way. Yeah. So and, did and, you, and by the way, we get that too. And yeah. It, yeah. We you get know. it too. So, yeah. um, and especially, but we don't have a presence like you do. So what are, uh, what are some of kind of, what are some of the experiences that you've had with people that have maybe said things to you and how did you overcome that? And yeah. what do you say to people that think that spirituality looks a certain way? Right. Right. And that's a misconception that I feel like a lot of people have because I don't feel like it does look any specific way. Right. right? And I totally agree with that. And I think that the media has changed it into, you know, we watch movies, we watch what psychics look like on movies. And right. you know, a lot of people I get actually, there's a decent amount of comments that come in that are like, 
you don't look psychic. There's no way you're psychic. Yeah, I'm not yeah. watching any of this. And then they'll watch a reading. They're like, wait a minute. Wait, I kind of misjudged yeah. that. Yeah. You know, some people actually watch it and be like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. But then some people are like, I just came here to comment that you don't look psychic and I don't trust you. Those YouTube comments, man. Those, those fucking yeah. YouTube people. Yeah, the trolls on YouTube they, are they throw yeah. some pretty Gnarly. crazy yeah. shade. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that's just a reflection of what they currently see their reality to right. be. They currently exactly. have an idea of what a spiritual person looks like. They right. have an idea of what this person looks like. That's just an appearance, uh, appearance judgment. Right. Yeah. And so that just comes from a perspective based and I totally get that. And so at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, you're missing out on some cool content, but it's fine. (laughs) So do you read all all of your comments or do you kind of like just let people say what they're going to say? I used to read all of them. Um, I still try to, at least when I first post a video, I really try to read as many as possible, but sometimes they just keep coming in, especially from like older videos and all that. So I definitely don't have all the time to read all of them, but Mm -hmm. I try. Do you you feel compelled when you um, see those comments, somebody that maybe is coming across as sort of judgmental, do you feel a need to kind of correct them or just sort of like broaden their perspective a little bit on the whole spiritual journey, not looking a certain way? Rarely. There's times that I do. Um, and it just really depends, I guess, how I'm feeling that day. But for the most part, I kind of just let them be on their own journey because they're on their own journey. And I know that with enough experience in life, I kind of just, you know, um, allow them to just be who they are because at the end of the day, everyone just being who they are, that makes our world go round. Not everyone needs to be spiritual. Not everyone needs to love what I do. Not everyone needs to love you know, what other people are doing. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, if you don't resonate, that's fine. Maybe you will 10 years from now, maybe you'll never resonate. That's fine. Yeah, Everyone just has their own purpose. I think that's why our world is so beautiful because I look at it as like this 360 degree, like circle. Mm. There's people that are in this quadrant, this quadrant, this quadrant. We wouldn't have the full entirety of us. We wouldn't, if we were all in the same path, there would be no dynamic. It would get really boring. It would get very, we wouldn't learn anything. That's true. It's like those people that when they think of enlightenment, they just think, Think of sort of like the the sparkly sort of polished shiny version of it. Mm-hmm. Like somehow yeah. once I take on these practices and I read enough Eckhart Tolle or Deepak Chopper books that I'm just always going to be <laughs> in this state of just perpetual bliss all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you may experience that from time to time, maybe more often than not. But it's like you say, you can't discredit the fact that shadow exists. Mm-hmm. And at least from my experience in the past, shadow my my shadow work has been probably the most prominent energy that catapulted me into that sort of immediate understanding of just source energy altogether. You know what I mean? So I think having, uh, I guess, an awareness of the polarities that exist and understanding that like that light and that shadow has to exist is really important information because we wouldn't actually want, we wouldn't like just being happy all the time because if we didn't have that polarity of like the shadow, how would we even have some... Like a, there's a, no magnetism, yeah, there's no magnetism right. right? Yeah, exactly. There's like no way to compare it. There's yeah. There's like no how would you know? It's like that hard, fast sort of line that people draw. They talk a lot about this in Buddhism, which is like the middle way, mm-hmm. right? Which is like the, that sort of intrinsic understanding that both of those dualities exist, and then if you can perceive from those dualities, and you automatically know that you're coming from awareness, mm-hmm. but it's really, really important to acknowledge the shadow and not run away from it. So it's cool that you respect that everybody's on their own journey yeah. and that everybody, you know, seeing your page and experiencing that sort of, cause I feel like intrinsically human beings are good. They know when they're being judgmental, yes. yeah. you know, yeah. and that registers in there as some sort of karmic energetic imprint and they'll have to go through that at some point mm-hmm. and you would have contributed to their growth. 
Yeah, really and they contribute way. to mine too because, yeah. you know, without all the, some of the comments that I do get, I wouldn't see myself in the way that I do now. I wouldn't have had my transformations that I do now, you know. Yeah. I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, I still learn a lot from other people, so. Yeah, yeah. so what did your spiritual awakening look like? You you talked about like Kundalini awakening and I'm just really curious as to like what was the catalyst that sort of put the fire in there? Oh, wow. Um, my biggest one happened when I was a teenager mm. um, and I started seeing a lot of spirits Ooh. and it was, yeah, I mean... It was kind of intense. I wouldn't sleep with the light off because I would see spirits all the time. And I was actually struggling with seeing a lot of negative spirits because my perception was always like, oh, if you see a spirit, it's going to be bad. And so right. I think my subconscious, even if it was a benevolent spirit, I would always just be like in fear. I would feel negative. I would feel scared mm -hmm. of that. Scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my spiritual awakening was a lot of just spirits and things like that. And I actually ended up closing off a lot of my spirituality for a long time. Oh, not too long, but it was like a good, like three years that I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, tap into that because then I can't sleep at night. Then I just uh -huh. get bombarded with spirits coming to me and they'd always come to me for some reason. I would always get these spirits that were like stuck in the in-between that wanted. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They wanted help. Help. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That is so and, funny. You mentioned that. We'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah. 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 And that was basically my initial spiritual wake, spiritual awakening was that. And um, I, I was kind of spiritual my whole life because of my mom. And so there wasn't like an exact moment that I was like, oh my gosh, spirituality is like absolutely, you know, everything. I kind of always was raised with that. But I would say when I started realizing my abilities was that moment of me kind of seeing spirits and yeah. oh, it was intense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but though now I see them in a really good way. So even mm -hmm. if there's negative ones that come my way, um, what my mom always taught me, she was always like, just send them away with love. Like just yeah. give them love. And I'm like, you know what? That's what everyone wants at the end of the day. Yeah. Even those negative spirits are acting that way. Everyone just wants attention and love and like, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm always just like, I love you. I give you love and light. I'll see you some other time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sleeping <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a really yeah. good story because that's yeah. very similar to the type of energy that me and Jen had experienced when we were younger too. Yeah. Jen sees spirits. Yeah. Or she has always grown up with like spiritual energy as far as entities in the home. Mm -hmm. yeah. Always, Ooh, yeah. So okay. same same kind of thing, exactly. Yeah. And she had like a family of Rusa Christians, so she has a lot of that sort of esoteric energy. And mm -hmm. I don't know what lineage, like you said your family was spiritual. Was it any sort of denomination of spirituality? Just open, yeah. Just open? Yeah. So that helped you then. Definitely you know? it so did. They're probably yeah. really, really supportive of the, what you do. Definitely. Oh, yeah, my good. mom definitely loves all of it. So oh, that's awesome. Do you have any videos with your mom? I don't. I've asked her to come on videos, but she's kind of camera shy. So oh, she's like, really? I'll just talk in the background. But <laughs> I, yeah, one day, one, one day, day I'll get her yeah. on there. I love that you uh, understand that those fourth dimensional entities um, are, aren't intrinsically bad. It makes me think of this quote by Marion Williamson where she says that hell is filled with people too. It's mm -hmm. like, it's easy to create these sort of mythical structures in our mind that really point to Greek mythology. What's the first thing that we think of when we think of dark energy? We think of like monsters and mm -hmm. yeah. crazy shit that yeah. we've probably, a lot of it comes from our conditioning and horror movies and things like that because mm -hmm. um, that's how we identify a certain feeling. But exactly. a lot of the energy, at least from my experience that I've encountered in other people's homes and just throughout my life, I never felt that sense of like fear over it. Mm -hmm. I just felt this sense of like, like you say, misdirected energy, yeah, you know? And, exactly. and, and there's a whole lot of different other things that are going on in the fourth dimension, people going through karma, people not even realizing that they're just in this perpetual state of confusion. And they have guides and people like yourself or even Jen and I that go into these, these realms for meditation or astral projection and redirect the energy back to the source. 
-hmm. you know? So it's cool that you understand that because there's a lot of people that are afraid of that type of force, you know? Oh yeah. And especially when they don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really struggled with that, that like fear based of any spiritual activity. Cause I had a lot of spiritual activity in, in house after house that I lived in, in this house specifically too. And, um, it was, there was definitely some negative entities here. And, um, I was so afraid to confront it and to ask it to leave. And I actually paid a home healer to come to like clean the house. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until we had, uh, who was that? Was that Tyler Victoria we had on here? Tyler Victoria or Sophie. I mean, over time, yeah, each over guest time. has contributed yeah. to the understanding of what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't remember which guest it was, but we had, a, all of our guests have been amazing really, but um, they brought to light like, hey, um, you're supposed to be a medium and that's why spirits have always been drawn to you. Yeah. And I said, Oh shit, I am. I was like, I've had a million psychic readings and nobody's ever told me that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So um, I got a mentor and um, my mentor talked a lot about um, Michael Mayo. If he's, I'm going to plug him since he's local. Michael Mayo. Um, Michael Mayo. And he was like, no, you know, I don't really ascribe to the theory that there are negative spirits. He was like, I think everybody, uh, there may be some people that are lost. He was like, but I don't, I don't ascribe to negative spirits. And he was like, you can, if you want, he was like, but whenever you do, that's whenever you're receiving what you're putting out there. So exactly. Yeah. And then you get like the reflection of that. Yeah. Yes, Cause that, that was like fear. Then like you were saying exactly. manifests mm-hmm. into something scary or right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Cause it's just like walking down the street, you know, you get all walks of life. Exactly. Some of them, that's you right. know, have a mm-hmm. bit of a worse experience and you might not have a great interaction with them, but mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same in the spirit world. Yeah. yeah. It's like, even if you venture in there through astral projection, it's like you practice some level of respect for people that are on their journey doing their thing. I think a lot of the issues that people run into with those sort of discarnate beings is they try and intervene with a, a process, like their process in some way. Yeah. You know, and you can direct the energy in a compassionate way, but a lot of those psychic attacks that happen happen when you are trying to impose on a certain mm-hmm. process that's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So from, I think, the discarnate spirit perspective, it isn't so much of a, a battle of them wanting to hurt you. It's more so they resonate with a high heightened frequency of energy and mm-hmm. what's the highest or I guess the most intense frequency is fear right so it's mm-hmm. something that they latch on to so it's like it's not even that they scare you it's like you scare yourself and they pick that up almost sort of like on this infrared sort of scanner that they yeah, have and they're perfect. like I want that yeah and so it becomes that exchange you know and yeah. really that's the only way that a spirit can hurt you is through fear yeah. I mean, they can't physically do anything to you. Right. I mean, you're more powerful than they are. Exactly. Um, Unless so. you open it up to like accept that, right. which exactly. is pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're, have you experienced in, and we go through this too. Anytime you go into the, the sort of like realm of esoteric new age hermeticism, whatever, um, there are people in our immediate circle that don't immediately understand what that means. Did you mm-hmm. get a lot of resistance from people in your community once you decided to make that transition into spirituality? There was definitely subscribers that I had at the time that they just unsubscribed. They were just like, I don't yeah. know what this is. No. Um, so yeah, I did notice that. I noticed even in my friend groups, like some of my friends are super into spirituality and then other friends that I have are just like, I don't really know anything about that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the more that I get close with people and talk to them about it. They seem to be pretty open to it. I mean, it's an interesting topic, right? Right. We're talking about magic. We're talking about being able to do anything that you want to do, you know? So it's an intriguing topic. Um, But yeah, I kind of just 
don't really pay attention to the resistance myself because for myself, I don't need any more validation for what right. I believe in. So therefore it's like, if someone doesn't believe it, it's mm. fine. It's fine. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. So what, what is your, cause I know you have a lot of readings on there. I love, I love her readings, Jen. If you watched them, by yeah. the way. Either I watched, a, I watched several of your videos before you came. Yeah. It's just oh, like awesome. a yeah. really, really good energy and Thank it's really, you. really good perspective um, to have. So what is your goal with this type of work? Like when you're, you're giving these readings to people. To inspire people. I really yeah. want to inspire people that they can do anything and everything with their life. And I mm -hmm. like to bring awareness as well. Cause for a long time, I didn't have awareness in where I was going and where I was heading. I didn't realize that my mental state had affected me so much into where I was like creating my life that I had, you know, years mm -hmm. and years ago. And the awareness of that was so valuable to me. And so I love doing card readings for people because it helps them bring awareness to, okay, here's your state right now. This is what's currently being created. Mm -hmm. but you can change that. You, you can have, change it. Yeah, yeah. You have the free will. You can change anything at any time. And so I love the fact that it brings awareness to people and even astrology. I look at astrology as like, um, autopilot. Yeah. So your mm -hmm. birth chart, there's a lot of astrologers that are like, this is your destiny. You're never going right. to fall in love because you don't have the aspects. Yeah. That's just your autopilot energy. If you live life just unconscious and you don't make your own decisions, you're on autopilot. You're going to reach all those different things, but you can also grab the steering wheel of your car. You can take it off of cruise control. You can steer around those obstacles that are astrologically in your way yeah. and you can create whatever you want, but that's, that's kind a really of really interesting base. way to say it. Yeah. I've never heard anybody phrase it like that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah. The whole autopilot yeah, kind of theory. Unconscious. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just your blueprint energy. So you can change your energy at any time. You're, you have dominion, you know, you're the creator of your own energy and your own life. Right. But yeah, everyone needs to have some sort of autopilot. Yeah, you know, for sure. For that unconscious. Yeah. I recently got a gnarly ass psychic reading and it's from a, a psychic that uh, is very well respected and I've talked to her about once a year um, and has always been very very accurate so when I got this reading recently I was like oh shit I was like oh man I'm gonna have to do some real work to make sure that these things don't happen yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh like, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean some of them are intense and they they offer such um great insight for us too they yeah. offer so much growth and for so I sure. love our astrology because that's our what our soul picked right you're our soul was like, okay, unconsciously, I want to experience all these different things, but we can decide also consciously mm -hmm. if we know that we're going into them, we can be like, okay, well, since I have the awareness of this lesson, I'm going to learn a lot quicker and a lot easier yeah. <laughs> than yeah. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. I love that uh, because there's a lot of people that really, really fall back on astrology almost to, to some extent. I'm going to talk about this because I've had my own experience with this whole thing where it's like, they stop taking accountability for their own actions mm -hmm. and they'll use astrology as a way to sort of bypass the things that they do. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. that's, that's the one thing that I, I, I feel like is the thing that I have trouble with, especially when it comes in astrology. Cause they'll be like, well, just because of the stars, these are the stars, these are what the stars are saying to me. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, you have to at some point take some accountability for your own actions, the things that you do, the things that you say, and you can't automatically mm -hmm. just reference, you know, your, you know, Mercury being retrograde or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, It takes a lot of energy to be super conscious all the time. And so I totally get people falling into it, but yeah, I mean, it's not an excuse at the end of the day, especially right. for like bad behavior or something exactly. like that. But, but yeah, I mean, trying to be conscious all the time and realizing that, you know, your own emotions are making you feel a certain way. Therefore you're taking certain actions based on those emotions. Mm -hmm. It's hard to break free from that. It's really hard to be like, I'm feeling like absolute ass today. And then having to pick yourself up and be like, 
no, I'm going to have a good day. Right. That's, it's so, it's difficult, mm -hmm. you know, because we're yeah. not really used to being in control of that. But the yeah. more you practice that, your life becomes so much easier and you can glide through it. So yeah. for sure. Like whenever yeah. Mercury goes retrograde, I mean, obviously that's, that's Mercury. It's the, the planet, it's your, your planet, but it's also mm -hmm. communication. And I always feel just awesome during Mercury retrograde for the most part. You yeah. know, people automatically have this negative affiliation with, you know, Mercury going backwards. But, you know, I, I, I try not to messy up my own sort of uh, energy with a lot of this, um, you know, stuff that comes out that kind of implies that you should feel in a negative state in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I always try to, when I go into Mercury retrograde, I'm just like, I know I'm in Mercury retrograde, therefore I'm going to watch my communication yeah. a lot. I'm going to yeah. read through everything twice, maybe even three times to avoid those different things just because I know that that energy is approaching. So I just make conscious decision during it yeah. to like avoid the mishaps. How does that, that affect, happen. how does that affect you? Because you're Gemini and your planet is Mercury. Do you yeah. find yourself like communicating more than you normally do? Or maybe your communication gets a bit jumbled. It definitely gets jumbled. I mean, I kind of have jumbled communication as it is because my mind is like racing and I usually speak really fast too. And I get that <laughs> comment a lot in my videos, but I notice that my mouth sometimes can't keep up with how quick my brain is. And oh, so I yeah. kind of jumble yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do notice that, but during Mercury retrograde, I mean, it depends what sign Mercury is in during mm -hmm. retrograde. I did know yeah. that when Mercury went retrograde in Gemini, um, I remember specifically the one that happened in, I believe it was 2013 or 2014. Mm -hmm. It was when my friend was getting married and there was just so many delays and mishaps during that time. It was, mm -hmm. it was intense. <laughs> yeah. 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 So as far as the, the Oracle aspect, I wanted to kind of touch on this because there's a lot of confusion. I've gone through this, especially along my journey, which is, how do you, how, when you go online, especially on YouTube, and you put in a search for Oracle reading, you have people that go by specific dates and there's a lot of different people that do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to somebody that just happens to pick your channel and decides to get a reading from you? How does it, uh, how would that apply to them when there are so many other people doing different readings? So different things call to people at different times, right? I yeah. think when they see like a certain thumbnail, something will resonate. Cause I know for me, like when I've watched those readings, I'm scrolling through all these different videos, but there's going to be that one that I'm just like, that is just calling my soul right mm -hmm. now. And right. then there's that card that calls to your soul. There's times that I click on videos um, that I, when I've watched readings and I just don't, I'm not called to any of the cards cause yeah. there's only like so many piles mm -hmm. and I just won't really resonate with that one, yeah. but that's fine. There's only five piles. So it's not going to resonate with absolutely everyone, but I'll scroll through some more and I'll come across another video where I'm just like, yep, that one, that one right there, mm -hmm. you know? And there's a lot of videos that I make that are timeless too. So even yeah. if people click on it two years after I've made it, they might resonate with it in that exact moment. And that's why they're called to it in that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that makes sense. Like, I feel like the universe is intentional. Like every single movement that you make, every sort of word that you speak, puts you on the trajectory to where we are sitting here right now. Right. Right. Because yeah. it could sort of, it could so have easily not happened. Right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like, there's an exact positioning of the earth on its axis. And if it was off, even by just a few centimeters, none of this would exist. Yep. And this existence wouldn't exist. Yeah. Right. So if I happen to go on a, a YouTube, you know, search looking for an oracle reading and your reading calls out to me, I feel like that's sort of like a divine intervention in sort of way. That is right. a synchronistic experience. Exactly. Yeah. And when you ask for an answer, like if you ask a question, the answer will appear to you. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's also that divine, how the matrix kind of works. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm looking at that reading and I'm getting that reading, it's like, it, it, 
it doesn't seem like an accident to me mm-hmm. that yeah. I happen to come across this reading and I ascribe to others as well. But when I read that reading, more often than not, I, I can pull some wisdom from it and it, it does resonate, especially the ones that I've gotten from you. It, it definitely yeah, did. Thank you. Yeah. What I really appreciate about um, the Oracle uh, cards and the tarot that you pull is that you integrate crystals. I know you're the gem goddess, but how does that impact the reading? Yeah, so I find that crystals, at least when I'm placing them, they just find themselves drawing to a certain pile. Like I'm, I'll be holding quartz and I'll be like, that is pile three. I don't know why it's pile three, but it is pile three because yeah. I don't ever look at the cards before placing them. And so I like putting the crystals there because they have a certain energetic frequency with them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And so people will be drawn to that mm-hmm. for a specific reason. And there's been times that I've debated even talking about what the certain crystals mean inside of the reading. And they also have a certain energy and so that energy will help who's ever watching it. And I like crystal energy. So, I mean, I love yeah. incorporating it into into my videos as well. Yeah. So what's uh, some of your favorite crystals? Like your Ooh. go-tos? Yeah, I mean, I always go towards quartz a yeah. lot because that one is just like an amplification crystal. It amplifies everything that's around you. So I really like that one. It adds a lot of clarity as well. And um, it's also really similar to our pineal gland because it creates piezoelectricity. And so when you add pressure on it, that's how there's a piezoelectricity yeah. in watches. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if you add, um, there's su- a specific supernatural breathing that you can do that I've watched from Dr. Joe Dispenza that basically sends up cerebral spinal fluid into your um, into your brain mm-hmm. and it puts pressure on your pineal gland, which creates some massive like spiritual awakenings. It can mm-hmm. release DMT during that. So yeah, it can give really cool spiritual experiences. I've actually, um, I was doing it a lot last year and last February, I actually went into this euphoria that lasted a month and a half wow. no and it was, yeah. It was and like I wasn't a- even continuing it and it was just the, um, I wasn't continuing the supernatural breathing once I hit the euphoria. I was just yeah. like, I wanted to ask myself, like, how long is this gonna last for? How yeah. long, like, is it just a day or what? Month and a half straight of just undeniable happiness. Like I could be looking at the garbage on the side of the street and I'd be like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> sounds crazy, it sounds yeah. crazy, but trash. yeah. <laughs> Such beautiful trash. Yeah, and I don't, just to clarify, there was no other substances involved other than <laughs> yeah. me and like, <laughs> and just some supernatural yeah. breathing, so. Right, just your Very natural cool. dimethyltryptamine yeah. coming off from your pineal gland. Exactly. You know. So did you just read some Joe Dispenza's books or did you go to one of his seminars? Like what, um, yeah. what got you into that? So I was actually, um, it was during one of my first uh, sponsorships with Audible. Uh-huh. I actually love Audible, but they were like, okay, you need to listen through a whole book. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna listen to. And I, I downloaded um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And I listened to that like within just a few days because mm-hmm. it was just so intriguing to me. And then I picked up his other book, um, Becoming Supernatural, went through that. Um, and then I was watching a couple of stuff on Gaia as well, but mm-hmm. I've never been to a seminar, but okay. yeah, yeah his, uh, his work up. is, yeah. So is phenomenal. he part of like your morning practice or do you have a morning practice that you do? Yeah, I, my morning practice is a little bit different all the time, but I'll do meditations. And so for me, I'll either do just a self meditation where I'm just sitting with my thoughts or I'll do like a guided meditation. There's times I've listened to Joe Dispenza's meditations too, where you're becoming kind of nothing in that moment. Yeah, Those are really fun too, so. Do you ever listen yeah. to your own guided meditation? She's got guided meditations, Jen, on her website. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I, 
occasionally do, but I notice that I focus a little bit too much. I get kind of critical on like, oh, oh I should have really said this. Yeah, yeah should, absolutely. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. Uh -huh. like. You hear things that other people don't hear when you produce music. Exactly. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I had the click of the keyboard when I was turning on the, <laughs> the sound there. And I'm like, ah. And then you get a comment from someone that's like, that was the greatest meditation ever. And Puts I'm like, it in a perspective so glad that you didn't hear the little... Yeah. You know, mistakes yeah. that were in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about, the piezoelectricity. So I've uh -huh. been a creator of Organite for a long time. And I, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And I had this business called the Lightwave Organite. And I know exactly what you mean about the pressure against the crystals. It mm -hmm. creates this sort of electricity, this magnetism. And I and that's why I think the reason why they didn't originally incorporate crystals into Organite. I think that was uh, a couple by the name of last name Croft that, just added it within the last five or 10, 10 years, but it's the same sort of dynamic when you integrate crystals into organite, you know what I mean? So yeah. I love that. And then also what you were talking about, the bliss that you had experienced, what comes up for me is uh, like in Hindu spirituality, they call the state that I imagine you experienced called Samadhi. Yes. They call it Nirvikalpa Samadhi, which is like where you're, you're fully integrated with source and there's a physiological aspect of that where you're sort of triggering the neurotransmitters in your brain could be the reward centers. It could be like your dopamine, your serotonin, your norepinephrine that are just your, the dimethyltryptamine coming from your pineal gland. And a lot of people, especially when they sit at the feet of a master for 12 years or in India, go through that experience that you went through. And mm -hmm. that could even be looked at almost as like a Kundalini awakening in some ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Do you see it as that? Cause I, I, it makes sense to me that that, sort of serpent at the base of your spine. Yeah, I actually, when I was watching Dr. Joe Dispenza speak about bringing up that cerebral spinal fluid, it reminded me so much of what Kundalini is, Yeah, you know, yeah. and that same mm -hmm. pathway that it takes to that enlightenment. So I definitely correlate it to the same thing. Yeah. Being, being that, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I love Joe Dispenza and I've read his books and um, do his meditations sometimes, but we were joking about this and you'll probably think this is funny since you've done his meditations, uh -huh. but um, it, the way that he talks through his meditation <laughs> is hilarious. Like, come on, Joe. Oh, like, come on, Joe. space. <laughs> oh my gosh, he sounds kind of like an alien. Yes, yeah. but sometimes I'll start to laugh a little bit and I'm like, okay, okay, like <laughs> serious little. again. This, when I was listening to the first meditation that I ever heard of his on YouTube, I was literally like, is that Joe? <laughs> What's going on? He's got a little yeah. too much wetness yeah. on his reverb. Yeah. 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 That's the first thing that I think about. Yeah, exactly. Like you're and using then, a lexicon reverb on your voice. Makes you sound like you're coming from space. Yeah, exactly. And then he has that little accent that goes along with it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he takes long pauses in between words. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? When I see his talks, when I look at him, there, I, get this, I get this feeling that he's of Pleiadian descent. Oh, he though. has to be. Oh, yeah. totally. You know yeah, what I'm he saying? has to be. He has that sort of vibe, either Pleiadian or Arcturian, one of the two. Yeah. But maybe interchangeably, it could be hybrid. He could be one of those aliens that they talked about in the article the other day. For sure. With the Galactic he, Federation yeah. that's hanging out right now. Yeah, he could be. Yes. Yeah. I feel yes. like Joe Dispenza is an alien. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, him completely. And, him and Elon Musk. Yeah. Oh, Elon oh, Musk for oh, sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about Kundalini and I had gone through this and there are various doors that you could enter into in order to experience the bliss that you're talking about. But the common narrative that I've read, it's just in Eastern spiritual books, is that sometimes that energy is so intense that people have trouble with it, mm -hmm. right? And you're, you know, you grew up around this sort of expanded supportive energy of spirituality. So it may mm -hmm. have been uh, just a feeling of bliss, which was really cool. And also how you probably have like your past lives really integrated with it. You could be like a, you know, like somebody that had gone through this several, several times, mm -hmm. but 
what happens when that kundalini energy comes up from the spine, it illuminates all of the chakras that are blocked. And a lot of people experience a lot of really difficult emotions come up, right? Yeah. And there's also those gateways that they can get locked at. I think there's three different gateways and I believe they're called the grantis, something like that. Anyway, yeah. it's, some, it's a Hindu word that I don't know how to pronounce, but when it gets locked at those, it'll get locked because you have some certain blockages that you need to get through. And sometimes mm -hmm. you can go through those massive, like crying times, you know, right. you can remember trauma from the past that can be yeah. coming up. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've definitely experienced a couple of those. Um, uh, in my life where I've had like some block trauma, but yeah. yeah. What were those like? Oh, they, they were pretty intense. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, uh, I lost my dad when I was 14 and mm. at that time I actually forgot all my memories with him and those mm -hmm. were completely gone. And I know that I started getting some Kundalini awakenings when I was around like 19 is when they kind of started for me. Yeah. And whenever I would get that, all of a sudden it would trigger trauma. Like I would feel like some sort of like euphoria energy kind of in the lower, uh, areas of the body. And then it would be kind of moving up and all of a sudden I would just remember something from the past and it would yeah. kind of be really intense. And yeah, it would just send me on a wave of remembering things that I'd forgotten even existed for me. It felt like a different version of myself almost. And so for me, just kind of getting through that and dealing with that was an interesting time in my life, but also a beautiful time. You know, when yeah. I, at, at the moment I was, or in that moment, I was, you know, really hurt processing a lot of things. But then once you get out of that and you look back and you're like, I'm just so glad I went through that. I'm so glad I did that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's hard, but once you're out of it, you learn so much through that. You grow yeah. so much as a person. I know I did. Yeah. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. It, it's crazy how everything is so interconnected because you learned probably so much from the passing of your father, right? Yeah, definitely. It, it, it caused you to kind of go within. We actually had a guest named Luke that came on a while yeah. back and he had lost his mother who happened to be a really amazing artist, but he was sort of flying on autopilot through most of his life. And it was her death that really woke him up and caused mm -hmm. him to really go inward and like, try and understand her through her artwork. But it just makes me think of like how every single individual human being, aside of the, you know, like the the blood relation to them, the much broader perspective is that we are all contributing to each other's growth in some way. And you could look at it as a negative situation, as a loss, but at the same time, you just never know. His mother could have entered into this life and passed away, you know, prematurely in order to create that sort of awakening in him. Absolutely. And I yeah. fully agree. And actually, when I was in um, the 12th grade, we had to write an essay on a bad experience that we've had that had a good outcome. Um, and I ended up writing about my dad, but my teacher thought it was so bad that I wrote that because she was like, how can you look good upon a death? And I was like, I don't know. It was the only example that I had. But I was just basically saying that it helped me become it helped me embrace a lot more of my adultishness at a young age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I um I wrote about it in a good way because it was a blessing. I ended up, you know, looking at him in a very, you know, positive, beautiful way. And it's mm. not like I ever look at the, I'd much rather have my dad here than anything, but yeah. you know, there's positive things that we can look at through everything. Life is a paradox. You can look at, there's truth in that something can be awful and bad, but there's also truth that it can be the biggest blessing ever. It just depends mm. which perspective that you have. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I absolutely love that. What was it like? I mean, you seem like a very evolved younger child, right? And I've experienced what that's like when you like are just spitting some mad truth in a classroom full of a bunch yeah. of kids uh -huh. about something. They don't then, understand. And, and then the teacher yeah. just like, this isn't appropriate. Right. Especially for a kid your age. Mm -hmm. Like what was it, what was it like having that sort of perspective and, and getting, getting it received in that way? 
it brought on a lot of social anxiety for me. I actually yeah. had really bad social anxiety during that time. And I had a hard time talking to anyone yeah. because I felt like I would always be misjudged or misunderstood. And I had a lot of like, you know, I was in the closet about my spirituality. I felt like I couldn't be myself. And yeah. so that for me brought on like just massive social anxiety for a long time. And eventually when I started to really accept myself, I got over a lot of that. But mm -hmm. during that time, it was definitely a struggle. But I think through that, I realized that everyone has flaws. Absolutely everyone on this planet. Like we have beautiful aspects, we have flawed aspects. And just in that realization, I noticed like I can accept me for myself because yeah. I kind of felt like alone that I was the only one that had certain flaws or certain yeah. bad perspectives. But at the end of the day, you're just you and you're beautiful for who you are. And that yeah. was just the most, yeah. the greatest realization that I had from those moments. You know, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but um, when we were younger, any type of spirituality and any conversation surrounding spirituality were considered like witchcraft or yeah. devil, you know, worshiping, mm. which is insane to even say that. But, Smoking um, the devil's lettuce. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I, and that must have been part of it too, right? That people just really didn't understand because it wasn't, spirituality wasn't really like in the forefront and people weren't really talking about it like they do now. Definitely. And I always thought that I would get uh, misjudged by people because I have yeah. friends that are like Christian. I have friends that are, you know, Catholic, all all mm -hmm. walks of life. And I was always scared around them to be honest about like, oh, I believe in all of these other things because yeah. people would look at that as something that was like demonic or something right. like that, where yeah. it's like yeah. actually just a beautiful, if you ever look into it, like it's just a beautiful, mm -hmm. there's so many aspects of it that are so divine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so for me, yeah. And, and the people yeah. that react negatively toward you about your views, mm -hmm. it's because they are curious. Right. Yeah. And they are afraid to leave their bubble and their yeah. religion that they've been, you know, spoon fed their entire life. Yeah. yeah. So because it means you have to question. It means things. you have to question. Yeah. Exactly. Which and that's it's a like, scary place because wait, then you don't have a foundation anymore. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I've been lied to my whole life. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's true. That's exactly. true, especially when it comes to being in school. I mean, they teach you a, a really, really strict curriculum of how to be a consumer, but they don't really teach you a whole lot about how to love another human being, right? Yes. And I think yeah. uh, that sort of systematic perspective as far as like schooling and also religion, like the, the that dog, dogmatic sort of like spiritual like curriculum that people go through, it, it, it is so driven by, like you say a lot in the podcast, like fear, mm -hmm. right? And then their whole being, their entire structure and how their ego operates is built around this. So whenever somebody comes along and questions that, it's an instinctual response, I think. The flight or fight kind of comes into the field and yeah. it's just like, this person is threatening my sovereignty. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. You yeah, know, we like, had a, um, a a friend of ours. They they lost their son recently to a suicide, yeah. and um, mm. and they're very religious. They're very Catholic. And um, it was it was really interesting because they don't ascribe to, you know, uh, the afterlife and someone being able to visit you and in a spiritual form um, until they experienced it themselves with their son. So they know wow. that I do this podcast and um, and that I'm a spiritual person. And uh, it actually opened the door for us to have a conversation about that. And I'm like, listen, you know, yes, he is he is dead, but he's so much closer than you think he is, you know? And they're like, we could feel him here. Like we could feel his presence. And uh, we know that that's crazy. And I'm like, no, it's not crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that yeah. is crazy. Totally normal. So yeah, yeah, it's totally normal. Yeah. And it, we know in science, like energy can never be created or destroyed. Matter can never be created or destroyed. And mm -hmm. so your consciousness, it's, it is energy, right? Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. energy is, is consciousness. Yeah. And so 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't destroy that. It is still roaming around. It's, but you can't see it in physical form, but it mm-hmm. is absolutely still there. Yeah, yeah. R- Rumi yeah. has that quote that says, goodbyes are for those that love with their eyes, but for those that yeah. love with their heart, there's no separation. Ooh, that's yes. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Rumi, like he that. just gets it every time, that guy. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. That's called, uh, I think, the, 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 as far as like the law of correspondence when it comes to the energy piece. It's yeah. like, you can't destroy it. It just transforms into something else. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. And I had this actually perspective. I want to know what you think about this because I had a dream the other day that I was mm. dreaming. Right. Oh, yes. So there was this fractal sort of imagery that happened in my dream where I was dreaming mm-hmm. that I was dreaming. Right. And then I woke up from the, the, I guess the third dream in the actual dream still. And then I obviously, there's, I'm prefacing this, I'm, I'm abbreviating it because it's a, there's a lot of stuff that went on, but I woke up from essentially three, two dreams and I started thinking, okay, what about in this life, once we transition from this one, it isn't so much maybe that we're born, but that we wake up in another dimension in the exact position perhaps that we're in right now. I do think that, because I think that the fourth dimension is kind of the dream state, but Mm -hmm. as I uh, read in um, actually Jane Roberts' Seth books, that our dreams are, um, they are a more real reality, but our brain here has a perspective because we don't remember much of that world, right? So in translation, our dreams can get lost in translation because our human mind is like, okay, how do I decode this? And you know, it'll it'll make certain imagery that you've seen before to make it, you know, understandable to us. But so much more goes on over there than we're even aware of or that we can even comprehend right now just because we've never seen anything like that before. So then our human mind is like, well, we'll just make it seem like, you know, our friend brought us a drink in the dream, you know, when actually you're performing these really big, like magical sequences. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what I, I think too. Like, cause there's this data sphere that's always going on in that fourth dimension. It can be confusing to the ego because the ego is grounded in this reality. Right. And that's the one thing that I've um, kind of experienced when it came to astral projection, I had to learn, which is that whenever you start asking really complex questions to the ego, which is basically the physiological function of the mind that keeps you grounded here, it gets confused. Mm -hmm. Like it can't fathom the immensity of source. Like it can't fathom like how, what eternity is, what it means. And so it starts to put you on this sort of like accelerated course of confusion. The reason why is because I think uh, dreams aren't necessarily meant to be intellectually understood. They're meant to be felt. Yes. Right. It is an energetic exchange of energy because your mind is trying to communicate a feeling to you in the best way that it can through imagery. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yeah. and that's what I feel is happening when we dream. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. It's like speaking another language to somebody yeah. and like trying to explain one of the words that we don't have a word for in that certain language. Yeah. 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 So it's something yeah. that, I, that, that can only be felt. Have you had any experience with astral projection or lucid dreaming? Lots of lucid dreaming, Um, definitely some astral projection, but mostly lucid dreaming. I'll have lucid dreams quite often, actually. Um, And I always chalk them up to if you're being very conscious in this reality, you'll usually have more or less more often lucid dreams Mm -hmm. because you're more conscious about yourself falling asleep and stuff like that. So I'll have lucid dreams where I'm fully conscious even when I'm falling asleep and I just kind of see the dreamscape come to life. And I always kind of just play around with it. And I had a very interesting one where... Um, I was trying to see what what my body looked like in my dream world. Ooh, yeah. And so I looked at my hands and I noticed that they were just like 
basically like this with no fingers and it's glowing on the outside. And I remember in my dream looking at that and I was like, oh, they look the same in real life. Huh? Oh. Interesting. Oh. And then when I woke up, I was like, that was not the same at all. Why did I think that? You yeah. know, but in the dream, it was just so normal. It was so yeah. normal for me to look at that. So I almost kind of have this realization that our mind is actually much more expanded when you're lucid dreaming, you're yeah. much more aware. And so the fact that I thought that that was totally normal and real, I think that um, basically your mind is more connected to your higher self, this, yeah. the self that lives in that dimension. And yeah. so that's where a lot of creativity comes in. And I use it a lot for gaining ideas and creativity because we're not so limited by the material world that we are right here. We're n we don't have our limiting beliefs with us mm -hmm. in that dream state. Yeah. So you're able yeah. to expand into so much more. Yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. There's this uh, chemist, um, from the 60s and the 70s named Alexander Shulgin. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot of research on like the pineal gland and um, it as an actual organ. So through a process of de-evolution over years, we've somehow lost contact with it, right? Yeah. And this pineal gland is responsible for that sort of like synergy between us and those sort of astral dimensions, those spiritual dimensions. He believed that at some point in our history, we were able to walk in and out of these places just as just like blinking an eye. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So we had more familiarity with what was going on in the fourth dimension than we do now. Mm -hmm. And through a process of, I mean, he also, you know, opposed that it could have been natural selection because you leave yourself very vulnerable to external threats by kind of constantly living in that magical world. But yeah. um, it's an interesting perspective to have because um, when I go into these astral dimensions through lucid dreaming or astral projection, there seems to be like a lot of wisdom and a lot of like information that would be beneficial to us here on this, on this domain. Definitely. So I think like falling into a certain type of meditation or maybe like listening to the meditations that you have or just deepening your practice and your, your spiritual practice can start strengthening that pineal gland, yeah. right? Do you have uh, certain practices that you kind of work with in order to try and keep a close contact with that? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly the supernatural breathing because I feel like that really kind of triggers it and activates it. Mm. I've also heard this one really weird one when I was doing a pineal gland activation that I, it actually really worked for me, um, but I'm not sure how healthy it is, but essentially when you're in a really deep meditation, you take your thumbs and you kind of press them on your eyes because it'll uh, basically put pressure on the back of your head. It's really weird. You'll start seeing like, you know, all those different um, like shapes come to life, yeah. which they say oh, yeah. is just kind of like proteins in your eyes, but mm -hmm. you the, can the watch it make humor. like that yeah. sacred geometry. Yeah. Like, and yeah, uh, I'm surprised you do that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's another way that you can kind of go into one of those kind of activations a little bit more quick, but I definitely wouldn't say like, if it's hurting, don't do it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. That was interesting. So, one. sir, is there anything that you're working on now? I mean, I'm on your website and I see mm -hmm. that you do tarot readings, you've got meditations, mm -hmm. pendulums, you sell jewelry, crystals, all kinds of things. Is mm -hmm. there anything new that, that you have coming down the pipe that you I, wanted to talk about? I do have something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. I haven't talked about it much yet, but let's just say that all of that is changing to something so much better. Ooh, it's really exciting. Ooh, I like that. I'm stoked about it. It's going to be very magical. I'm implementing a lot of magic into it. Um, it's kind of like a rendition of this. It involves crystals. It involves jewelry, I'll say, but yeah. that's uh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, very I'm definitely cool. very excited about it. See yeah. some of your pieces are beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very. That's, um, that's the old stuff. The old stuff. You craft those all yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. really cool. How did you get into that? 
that was just, I had a love for crystals and I like, I, I was like, I want to wear them on my body and I love arts and crafts. And so I just started kind of with beaded bracelets, which I feel like is like a lot of people's entryway into jewelry. And then yeah. I started getting a little bit more. I mean, my dad was a welder. And so for me, soldering was uh, something that I had to learn right. <laughs> yeah, when I was younger. So getting a little bit deeper into like metal work and stuff and metalsmithing. It was a little bit easier, but I don't have um I don't have like a huge setup like most jewelers do. It's just kind yeah. of the smaller stuff that I do at the moment. But yeah, but those are the yeah. stories that you hear from people that just crush it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you don't need to have all that crazy shit. You know, because mm -hmm. when I was doing like my organite pyramids, you know, like you've seen pictures of them. Oh, I, don't yeah, only have, I only have what I need. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and she hers are cool. She actually has her little gem goddess uh name etched into the the silver gen. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're like yeah. really elegant, which I appreciate you. because, you know, there's a lot of people that make jewelry, but it's very elegant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It, looks, it looks really nice. Thank you. So, you that. know, I have, I was thinking about this because you, you do a lot of tarot and a lot of your videos are, are Oracle and tarot readings. Have you thought about doing your own tarot deck? Or is that Ooh, something that yes. you're working on? Oh, that is something that I have thought of, of for a long time. Um, so there's definitely going to be an Oracle deck in the future. That's for sure. And a tarot mm -hmm. deck and probably one that correlates with each other. Because I've yet to see someone that makes a tarot and Oracle deck that they both belong together. I mean, maybe somebody's done that. I just haven't seen it yet. But I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah. I've never I want seen it. one that kind of interacts with itself. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love oh, that'd that. be, that's a great idea. Yeah. So what do you, uh, there's Oracle and then there's tarot, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody uses them interchangeably for their their own reasons mm -hmm. um what do you like which one do you prefer oracles or or, or just the the tarot cards i really prefer tarot just because it's so much in my opinion it's a lot deeper because a lot of the oracle cards are they absolutely aid in the reading that's for sure but i noticed with tarot you can correlate so much more with it like you know you yeah. get the uh, King of Wands and there's so many different things that you can say about the King of Wands or you know it's an actual storyline whereas yeah. normally like oracle cards it'll be like oh you get one for like that's about romance which it can be specific at times and it's yeah. a lot easier to read so I say I'd say for a lot of people that are just starting oracle cards are amazing because it's a lot easier to read them yeah. and you can get deep with oracle cards too so yeah. I mean don't get me wrong on that you can get yeah. deep with them but I do prefer tarot just because it's a lot um it's a bit more abstract and you can kind of let your intuition really guide you on that, which I really yeah. like. Right. Yeah. And it just seems more specific to me. Yeah. yeah. Tarot, has general. A, mm -hmm. tarot has a really great track record. I mean, people have been using it for hundreds and hundreds of years. The one thing yeah. that I notice from people that kind of venture into Oracle is that they say that they do it because it seems a little less dark than the tarot. <laughs> and I don't, I never saw tarot. I don't really dark, understand that. Yeah. You know, yeah. because, you know, there, I imagine they're the same sort of dynamic of people that when they pull the death card, they just lose their shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I never saw the death card as, as negative as just transformation. Mm -hmm. I, that's one of my favorite yeah. cards. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing with like the tower. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tarot, tower, I would say is like one of the more, um, I guess, negative cards, but I see it as such a beautiful card because the tower again, brings that awareness that you've built something that wasn't on a solid foundation anyway. Yeah, so for example, yeah. if it's like, if that comes up for a relationship reading, that's letting you know that you probably didn't have the important conversations in the beginning of that relationship and you two probably wanted different things and now it's falling apart and you're like, why is it falling apart? It's yeah. letting you know that there's important lessons to be learned. So look at why exactly this isn't working out and so for next time, you can either build a solid foundation or with that person, you can go back to the beginning because mm -hmm. this is all about going back to that foundation because it wasn't built right. Or if you yeah. have a business that fails, that's the foundation. So the tower card, again, brings that such beautiful awareness. So I love when that card comes up too. Yeah. It can be scary yeah. because yes, it's letting you know that that thing's 
it's falling apart. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a nice it's, way to say that. It's like, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's falling apart. Yeah. I, I had a situation a while back where I pulled the tower and I did that whole thing where I like made sure no one was looking and I shuffled it back into the deck. <laughs> and I was like, let me just do that over again a second time, right? And then I pulled, I, sh I shuffled it a few times and I pulled the, the tower again. No? The tarot doesn't lie. Yeah. When you know it wants saying? to give you a message, yeah. it'll okay. give you a message. Okay, exactly. Yeah. That's like, exactly right, what I happened. Guess. I was like, all right, I guess my house is going to burn down. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my spiritual house yeah. needed oh some gosh. work. Because a lot of people, when they think of like, whenever God comes in, they, they think he's just going to come in and rearrange the furniture, mm -hmm. you know, but he's just going to come and tear your shit down. Yeah. And that could be the best thing for you. It you know can be, because I mean? yeah. then you can build your castle. Exactly. I mean, normally maybe you just had a house and you thought it was the best thing, but universe is coming in let, letting you know, like, okay, we're going to ruin this, but it's going to be the biggest blessing. But again, it's yeah. that paradox. It's whatever yeah. your mind goes to. Cause if your mind takes a situation and you focus on the negatives, you'll fall towards the negatives. Cause yeah. that's what you're feeding yeah. or you can feed the absolute beauty of it and just feed the energy of this situation is going to bring me like the most astounding blessing that I've, that it's not even in my perspective that I could have. And then if you embody that emotion, Ooh, yeah, you're building that castle. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It, it reminds yeah. me of like when we were talking about astrology earlier, like being sort of like the autopilot, it's like the, that sort of default. And I think mm -hmm. with Tarot, when you're living through your regular everyday life, you can kind of intuitively pick up on the different nuances and, and, and adjust your life accordingly. But the second you pick up a deck, you are agreeing to taking accountability for a large aspect of your life because these cards just embody so much truth, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and then seeing it in that way with as much power as like the, the, the tower represents it, like it really is a hero's journey and it's not an easy task to undertake, especially when you pick up some tarot cards and, and follow the information that's on there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes it's not going to tell you the thing that you like, you know, yeah. and yeah, it's about really seeing why that's coming up. But yeah, that's again, the thing that I love about tarot is because there's so much knowledge in that. So even if you look up a definition and maybe you're going through a really hard thing, it'll tell you kind of the answer below that mm -hmm. if you're open to it. Yeah. 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 That's the one thing that I have trouble with is that a lot of people, and I think maybe that's the reason why Oracle cards exist is they seem to kind of soften the blow a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah, and especially true. for people that are just getting into it, if somebody's interested in it, I'll get them or I'll gift them an Oracle deck um, before they get into like the nitty gritty of the tarot, Yeah, you know? Um, but the one thing that I, I noticed about Oracle cards is that they can kind of sometimes be too positive. You know, yeah, yeah, there's some decks that it's just only positive cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my life's doing great. Yeah. yeah, and it's great when you want an uplift and you want some like positivity and you're just not feeling a negative message. They're great for that. But I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, you know, hit me with the cold hard truth. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, let's right. deal with this. Let's do the shadow work, guys. Yeah, yeah. that's totally true. Do you do the reverse? Uh, a lot of the reverse positions in your in your readings? Yeah, I've started doing them now. I used to not do them um, before, and the reason being is because. Uh, before when I was doing my readings, I was like, oh, it's so general that I don't want to do reversals because then it's going to get too specific. But I've noticed that it still resonates with people, even if I do the reversals. And I used to actually read the cards as both. And I used to say, okay, guys, you know, we have like such and such card coming up. If death card came up, I'd be like, okay, you're going through a transition. You may be resisting it right now, maybe for some of you guys watching it. And I'd always kind of keep it a little bit more open to both sides, uh, both sides of the cards. Um, but yeah, now I just read it. However it comes up, I'm like universe. Okay. Let's go. Let's mm -hmm. get into it. Yeah. yeah. Especially right now. So I, we're obviously in quarantine and this just mm. is, this has affected a lot of different people. Yeah. And how has it affected like your life and like your 
spirituality because I, I at least from my perspective it seems to be this sort of collective dark night of the soul for human beings just in general mm-hmm. yeah definitely we're all trying waking up during this time and i think the great conjunction that's happening on monday is going to be sort of like the the icing on top of the cake with this whole thing because there's a lot of change going on yeah and i think the great conjunction is going to be something that's so nice because it's happening in aquarius and i think it's going to be a huge awakening for many people just because it's like our two biggest planets you know that's why they call Mm -hmm. it the grand conjunction is like it's our two biggest planets that are coming together right at like i believe it's on the first degree of aquarius that they're coming Uh together which is one of the signs that's ruled by saturn because it's Mm -hmm. saturn and jupiter um so i think that that's going to be a huge awakening for people like our aquarius is all about the conspiracy theories and all Uh about like you know kind of awakening it rules astrology so i think a lot of people are going to have big spiritual awakenings during that time so yeah, I mean, even some people have said that the end of the mind calendar wasn't 2012, right. that it's actually, you yeah. know, 2020, 2020 right now, yeah. what we're going through. So, yeah. yeah. So definitely heard some people mention that. And I do think it's going to be a big transformation for people. I don't think it's going to be anything bad, though, because, right. you know, Jupiter's very benevolent. Jupiter's expansive. It's good. Saturn can be harsh, but I think that them two coming together, you know, you have Saturn about the limitations and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then you also have Jupiter, which comes right after Saturn, all about the expansiveness. And so, So I actually look at the planets in this perspective that they are basically the path of human consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, you start with Mercury. This is an idea. Then you embody the emotion of it, which is Venus. And then you get to Earth, which is the physicality. We're manifesting the physicality. Um, And then you get to Mars, which is, you know, we're we're taking action. And then you get to Saturn, which is, okay, we've taken action. We're getting some limitations, you Mm -hmm. know, and then you get to Jupiter, which is we expand out of the limitations. We notice that there's kind of a little bit more there. And then you get Neptune, which is our dreamlike ideas. Now we start to realize that there's more out there than we could have ever dreamt before. And that's why we get Neptunian other side, Piscean energy. Um, and then Uranus as well, which is like, now we're way outside of the box. We have all this unexpected stuff happening. And then you get to Pluto, which is this like, shadow work we've we've seen it all and then you kind of reach that point of like we're on the outer side of it we can kind of see everything and it's just this underworld sort of energy but them two coming together when we have saturn and jupiter i think that this is going to be an expansion for a lot of people's limitations so i think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people where they used to find boundaries they're going to find ways to um get outside of the boundary basically Mm -hmm. that's what i see this grand conjunction as so yeah where we used to feel like we were stuck this is now the moment of realizing that we're not stuck. So even right now with um, quarantine, I think that we're going to notice after this, um, which is tomorrow, so the 21st, yeah. I'm gonna, I feel like after tomorrow, we're going to notice a lot more ideas come up of how we can come out of this, how we can break free from the restrictive barriers that we feel like we now have on us. Yeah. And I think it's going to be something that none of us really felt was coming because Aquarius, yeah. it's ruled by Uranus. It's, this, it's literally the sign of like, the most unexpected, unpredictable things. And so I do think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to lead us into a direction we didn't think was really coming. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eric's had a real bee in his bonnet over this whole yeah. <laughs> aliens coming to town. Hey, they, they're, on they're, they're here. We may, uh-huh. they, they may switch on that little light in their spaceship and then the pineal gland will just activate and we're like, Hey, how did I forget this yeah. shit? <laughs> you know I mean, but, that sounds like an Aquarian type of energy. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Jen's an Aquarian. Yeah. Are you? Oh, I, I am, love yeah. that. She's Aquarius. Yeah. So we're going to uh-huh. start answering to her pretty soon. You oh yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I agree with you. Like it, we, the age that we, are coming from is more earth mm-hmm. energy, right? Yeah. So that, that's why there was an emphasis on, you know, materialism and things more grounded in 
that. And I feel yeah. like the Aquarian energy being more air, mm-hmm. it's, there's going to be more room for innovation. There's going to be more room for, you know, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and that's you, the sign of the humanitarian. Yeah. So yeah. it's time for us to focus more on the collective rather right. than individualistic stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it makes total sense. And I can even feel just based off of the climate that we're in right now, emotionally, spiritually, physically, 3D, that it's transitioning into that. And that's the reason why I brought up quarantine is because this whole thing has been the tower card for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like we're all just sort of jumping off of this uh, little ship that we've all been on for you know, several hundred, well, maybe one or 200 years, because I think that's as old as the United States Mm -hmm. is. And we're trying to, we're getting to a place where we're having to reevaluate the entire structure that we've all lived on. Mm -hmm. And with good reason, because, you know, aside of this, if we, if this didn't happen, we may have been, or continue to be asleep to a lot of the sort of negative, destructive behaviors that we really embodied prior to this happening, Mm -hmm. including, you know, the, the way that we had treated the environment, the way that we treated each other. Exactly. Oh, I so agree with that. It's helping a lot of people start to see that and also appreciate just being around other people. Because since we're in quarantine right now, a lot of us, we can't talk to the people that were so close to us. I think we have a much deeper appreciation for all walks of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that, that's the thing too, is that it it creates this appreciation for the fact that we even have the ability to converse and, and, and connect. Yeah. You know, like me and Jenna, actually, we started this as a result of quarantine as a way to kind of still you know, be able to teach and still be able to offer that sort of wisdom while people were in the confines of their own home. Mm. It's a really, a really, really big blessing for us, especially yeah, like so the people nice. that yeah. we talk to. But I did notice just in the people in my life, there's this newfound appreciation for the fact that they even fucking exist at all. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're the one thing that I appreciate about quarantine, and I'm not looking at this in a sadistic way because it, there are negative aspects to it, but the positive mm. is now we're on an even playing field. There's nothing that really separates us as far as like, you know, maybe like, you know, like the socioeconomic part of that, because Mm -hmm. as long as you are in this and your mortality is being questioned because of something like a pandemic, you're all essentially by default the same, Yeah. Yeah. right? So now we're in this sort of like, not necessarily a survivalist position, but we're in this position to be a little bit more compassion because this affects everybody. Exactly. And there's not one person that it doesn't affect. And I think that really brings us together on a deep level. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. All over the world too. I mean, it's not just the United States, it's everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, all over the world. You know, I'm going to petition for if the aliens do come to change the Santa Claus is coming to town to the aliens are coming to town just yeah, for you. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah, I'm going to do that just for you. They might as well. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. <laughs> so, Jen, um, yeah. if there's one thing that you could leave with our listeners, what would that be? Like a word of advice, um, you know, anything. Yeah, um, that would be live your life with inspiration. Live, live your life with passion. The most um, profound thing, and it's also the most simplest thing that I've ever heard. I was at a Bashar conference mm. last year, which he actually predicted so much of this, by the way, that was wow, crazy really? for me. Yeah. Bashar's it was last year in December. Um, and he was talking about the eye of the storm and he was basically like, you know, you've got to be in the center of it. You can't be in the 
kerfuffle of it all because that's when you're Ooh, gonna. She used kerfuffle. <laughs> yes. What is, what is kerfuffle? <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite words. And yes, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, we had a we had like a whole conversation about fun words. Um, and I noticed you have a little bit of an accent, which makes me think you're not from here. Canadian. You're Canadian. Oh, oh shit. Do wonder. you actually hear an accent? A little bit. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. When I have the A's. Is it in the about? No, no. She didn't even say about. Oh, you just picked it up. Yeah. See, that's how I know Jen's a psychic. She, knows, she just knows shit. She doesn't yes, even know how. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we had an episode because Jen's from the South, so she sometimes says a lot of like crazy Southern stuff and she says uh -huh. kerfuffle a lot. Yeah. And we had this whole segment on exactly what that means. And I thought, I thought a kerfuffle was something that a dog did, but she's saying that a kerfuffle is just like a... <laughs> it's, a, it's a chaotic happening. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Or it could be a disagreement. Like you could get into a kerfuffle with someone, yeah. like an argument or whatever. Exactly. It's a lot of things. It's a kerfuffle. <laughs> exactly. It's just chaotic energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Bashar was basically saying that you need to be in the center of it. You need to just mm -hmm. be in your own awareness um, and not pay attention to all the stuff that's happening. Cause he's like, if you sink in it, you're gonna sink into a pit of like depression, despair and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And normally when I hear these things, I'm like, nah, no like, way. Nah, <laughs> not gonna happen. Whatever, I'm like, Bashar. guys, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. but it, that absolutely happened yeah. to the whole yeah. world. And he was, you know, saying specific dates of when it's gonna happen, when it's gonna end. And he's been pretty bang on the money with that. But the most beautiful thing that he said in that conference was live every day with passion. Everything that you do, do it with passion because passion is the alignment of you living your happiest life, you attaining the things that you desire. So if you can do everything in your life with passion, no matter what your life looks like right now, if you can wake out of bed in the most passionate way, like what's something you could change about your life, even in the small areas to make it that much more in alignment with your passion. Get out of bed with passion, make your tea with passion, go take your shower with passion. I like to turn on music and pretend I'm in like a mystical forest that's like raining, you oh, know, and it just I makes like me that. feel like I'm that in a magical cool. area. And so doing everything with passion will align that. you to living your most passionate life, live, bringing in more happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, just, you know, use your imagination. So we ask every one of our listeners that same question. Like if you had one thing to leave with the listeners, what would it be? And you had the best answer so far. Seriously, the best answer. Yeah. Because the, the reason yeah. why it's inspiring to me is that your practice, your YouTube channel, all of your work embodies that. Yeah. Right. Thank you. And the following that you have and the passion that you have for the work that you do, the way that you write, the messages that you have in these videos embodies that this, you know, woman that is doing exactly what she should be doing, regardless of, you know, who, who thinks otherwise, mm -hmm. but I, I love the fact that you embody it so well and that there's a, a confident, powerful cadence with your work. So it's really inspiring because yeah. when you say that to me, thank I believe you. you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. you know? And I really, I have that perspective. I love living my life optimistically because it's better than living it in the other you know, um, living it not optimistically, living it in pessimism. You know, and there's a lot of people, not a lot, but there's definitely a few people that can sometimes criticize the way that I view the world in this very like happy-go-lucky optimistic way. But I don't, um, I think that it's better. I think it's better on this side of the, this side of the field because you can, you can create happiness wherever that you are. And I've, I've had some, my own fair share of like negative moments and sure we all go through, there's people that have had much more negative moments than me, but just being able to realize that you have dominion over your own emotions, you have dominion over your own emotional state. So if you want to take some time, take five minutes, meditate on your own, feel those amazing emotions, you're going to begin attracting to yourself better circumstances yeah. and you'll begin to find ways to make whatever your reality is right now, much better. Yeah. And so I love to live my life that way personally. Um, yeah, so 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys like yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. you have you have rightfully earned every one of your followers. I will say yeah. that. She's a Bodhisattva, I think, yeah. Jen. I think you're, that this is legit. her, her you're last life. The real deal. I think yeah. she's, she's been here I got and this told a that in a reading. Yeah. Really? Did. Yeah. Actually, my mom went for a psychic reading and she was, um, I believe I was already born. I can't remember if I was not born or already born, but she basically said that your, your two youngest kids, it's their last lifetime here because yeah, yeah they kind of, I don't know how exactly real that was, but she did say that. So me and my brother that are really close in age, we're basically almost twins. Some people think that we're twins, but we're actually a year apart. Um, yeah, apparently both of us, that's our last, uh, our last lifetime. I feel I that. Know. I feel like I'd yeah, want to be here cool. more. I, yeah. I feel that because yeah. it, it is such an evolved perspective to think of the world in the way that you do, mm-hmm. right? It's easy yeah. for us because we're familiar with the energy of these type of teachings. But and one thing I have to forget is that not everybody in the world embodies that. Mm-hmm. And it is like a, a really, really heroic journey to go on kind of venturing through the shadows and understanding that the polarities exist and understanding how the light contributes to the dark and vice versa. And then coming out with this compassionate sort of impulse inside, basically awakening to the fact that you have the ability to love and embodying that source energy, you embody that in your work. Yeah. You know, so that's how I know. That's how I feel that she, this is probably her last lifetime because you can just tell because the, the, the work is is intentional and it's beautiful and it's compassionate. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a we, huge compliment to me. Yeah, yeah. We, we talk to a lot of people and we see a lot of people's content and there are legitimate phonies out there. I mean, yeah, they just true. really don't yeah. practice what they preach and really don't. I mean, they may talk a big game on YouTube, but you know, in their personal lives and, and who they really are as a person does not embody who they are projecting that yeah. they are. Yeah. So, um, but you're legitimately the real deal. So it was a pleasure to have you here. Oh, yeah. thank you. That is yeah. a massive compliment. And it yeah. was so nice to talk to you both because you both are so like knowledgeable and in this. And I love being able to have these conversations. Like yeah. this was just yeah. amazing. Oh, so yeah. I'm really saying back to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for coming. Yeah. Yeah. So for our wonderful listeners, if you are looking to get in touch with Jen, so she is at the gem goddess on YouTube, on YouTube, on you, Tobe, you, Tobe, you kerfuffled that one. Yeah, I totally did. I totally did. <laughs> and, um, and if you're looking for her on Instagram, she's the goddess gym. So a yeah. little, did, little bit of change, change around there. Yeah. yeah. The goddess the, gem the on gem Instagram. Goddess, otherwise known as the goddess of gems. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I love that one. You have, web, you have a website too, right? Yeah. Um, yes. The gem yeah. and, it, and can people schedule tarot readings through your website? I'm actually not doing tarot readings right now. Oh, you're one not? thing okay. that I want to say is there's a lot of scammers on YouTube on every tarot readers yes. YouTube right now mm-hmm. that are offering personal readings. I don't do personal readings. So if you guys get a comment from me or from on any other tarot readers website that's like, oh, I'm offering tarot readings. And it's some like kind of sort of sketchy email address. Do not respond to that. Okay. That is, uh, yeah. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Or they could also purchase your meditations on your site, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have some free ones on YouTube too, for those that don't want to purchase them. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, Very, very cool. You're, you're local. You're welcome back anytime, by the way. Yeah. I was coming. I would love that. Yeah. 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 Come, come back on and we'll talk about anything that, that comes up. We always talk about a lot of really fun stuff, especially spiritual themed stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's a little awkward when you're on the spot and you're being interviewed, but we do um, segments like friend of the show segments where Mm -hmm. you will come 
come on and just join our conversation about whatever yeah. our topic is. Yeah. Um, where it's not, we're not like interviewing you, which is kind of fun too. So we'll have to bring you back for something like yeah. that. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah that'd we'll, be super fun. And we'll talk for an hour about what cattywampus means. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is that? And the spiritual <laughs> underpinning behind the kerfuffle. Oh, yes. <laughs> the energetic influences behind the word. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. So thank you again, everybody, for tuning in been a wonderful time. I hope everybody out there that's listening uh, really, really take some time for themselves to experience the grand, the great conjunction that happens actually tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Maybe you sit in meditation, throw your crystals outside, talk yes. to a few friends, really use it as an opportunity to make, make an intention for maybe the era ahead, the age, yeah. age of enlightenment, age of Aquarius, which Jen's going to be the new president. Yeah. Because, Coming uh, for you. She's she's a queen. <laughs> so anything that happens, you're gonna have to go through Jen. I'd vote for her. Oh yes. Anyways, thank you again for coming in. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. Namaste, friends. Namaste, friends. Namaste. Namaste.